the list. Right another here. week, another episode. Uh, it's good to be back. Uh, I have not been with my man Izzy in a minute uh, since we started the Ryan C show, like off, like NFL offseason interviews. Um, obviously, we did not have a show at all last week. I was sick. Um, but it's good to be back with uh, with my main man Izzy. How you doing, bud? I'm doing good. Glad you're healthy, man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, um, like I was telling you before we started rolling, I was at winter survival training for the sea cadets yep. and, uh, I, you know, completely find the entire training, you know, we're out there, we're marching, we're doing operations. I'm teaching. Cause I like rewrote the whole curriculum for them and, uh, uh, myself. So I like, you know, created the manual and the classes and stuff. I had some help on create like with the actual like slide decks and, and putting the classes together, but you know, sleeping on the hard floors. Cause we were in a building, obviously it's a youth development program. So I can't like stick them in foxholes outside um, as much as they would probably enjoy it. But then I came back and within a day, my body was like, Nope, you're sick now. I, I don't know what to tell you. So I take that I, sleeping on the whole cold hard floor. Yeah. So I, um, I'm still a little bit, you, you can probably hear it. Um, if you've listened to me talk enough, but we have a good show today uh, and I'm happy to be back doing this show with you. Um, we have some NHL stuff, um, which awesome. is related to, uh, what is happening obviously with the Russian invasion in the Ukraine, as well as some NFL stuff and some other NHL non invasion material. But, um, yeah, so we're going to we're going to jump right into this. We have 1 2 3 4 5. We have six different uh topics. Uh Izzy pick a random number and that's what we're going to start start with. 1 through 6. 5. All right. 5 5 is NHL players and Ukraine. So oh, we are jumping right, rim. right into the deep end here. Um, the issue around this, and I, I, I wanted to talk to you about this, um, because first off you and I, um, we do think along the same lines, right? We we've had yeah. those conversations before. So we do think similarly, but also your experience, um, being in the armed forces and, and maybe having to deal with things related to this, or maybe you've had conversations with people, uh, about these types of, of things, but, um, the issue with NHL players in the Ukraine, obviously this, this like wouldn't be an issue in the NFL because most NFL players are American born, uh, but NA, not all NHL players are uh, American born. There are a lot from Russia, Canada, Scandinavia, uh, throughout Europe as well. So uh, the issue here is there are a lot of Russian players that uh, are being asked questions and asked for their stance on what is occurring uh, and unfolding currently in Ukraine with uh, the Russian invasion. And there have also been a lot of moral and ethical concerns and questions raised uh, by both sides of this argument as to whether or not you should be asking NHL players uh, for their opinions. Now, the main individual at the, at the center of this controversy, if you could call it that, is Alexander Ovechkin, because he's been very public. You're still muted. I said I remember his name. Yeah. So he, he's been rather vocal in the past, uh, the recent past, about his support for um, Putin as the president. Um Putin is also a known hockey player. I mean, he his Alexander Ovechkin's profile picture has Putin in it. But I mean, Alexander Ovechkin is also the number one like hockey player in the world uh, and has been for a while. So yep. the the question really the question surrounding this and the conversation I wanted to have is should we be having or or should we be asking whether you're a journalist or a content creator or a fan? Should we be almost forcing uh, these Russian-born NHL players to take a stance on something that a they have no right, no decision-making power in, they have no control over, but also b knowing what could happen if you were to speak out um, against <clears throat> the type of government uh, 
in the way that the government operates in Russia, should we be asking them to publicly comment, knowing some of these players have family members that uh, still live in uh, in Russia, uh, as well as their finances may be tied into um, Russian financial institutions. So that's where I wanted to go with this conversation because uh, I see both sides of the argument and I, I want to lean one way, but there's also compelling enough arguments to, to that where I'm still straddling the fence. Okay. So what you're asking is, should they be being asked these questions about politics? Basically, in a nutshell. Yes, but I mean, like, spe- be- specifically about the invasion happening in Russia. Like, if you were to ask Alexander Ovechkin what he thought of the, you know, upcoming um, primaries in the United States for the midterm elections, that's going to have less of an effect or potential lethal impact on his life than asking him to publicly comment about the invasion of another country when he still has family in that country, when he has finances tied to that country, when he's a resident um, and a citizen of that country, knowing full well that he could possibly never return, his family could disappear in the middle of the night. So I, I agree with that, that perspective that, yeah, they you know, could be potentially in danger if he does open his mouth. Um, I think that really they shouldn't be talking politically anyway you know it's kind of a it's kind of a hot topic no matter what you're talking about no matter how small the issue yeah you know people get canceled and roasted and all that like just asking about the game he's playing he's a he's a professional hockey player if you want to be a politician you get into that field uh you know i'm i'm not a politician i never have been uh i will talk about it on occasion if it's brought up but i also have a lot less to lose uh so yeah no i don't think that they should be asking those questions and i don't think that he should be forced to give statements based on that. I think that that's none of his business, even though it kind of is because his family's still over there. He shouldn't be forced to answer things like that. And he shouldn't be facing consequences for the actions of that government. That's just not, that leaves a really sour taste in the people's mouths of this country. So personally, I think that we should leave that stuff out of it. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the side that I was leaning towards is like, this is, like I said, going back to the example we used a couple minutes ago, if he were to comment on the upcoming midterm elections in the United States, way less of a, you know, he might get some hate online, blah, blah, blah. But like you're asking him to comment about something, which I get why you would want him to comment, right? He's been a, a, a vocal and public supporter of um, Vlad of of vlad of president putin uh in russia um you know he has the team putin thing i mean the the hockey connections but so i i get i get why people want him to answer those questions but at the same time it's not like alexander ovechkin was in the kremlin assisting in the you know plans for the invasion um and there there are like real life situations that people have to deal with that everybody else in the rest of the world doesn't have to deal with and they don't think of that as a reality so they're like oh this is fine when in reality it's not no it's not yeah it's not fine and i i don't think that it's right for reporters to be asking players you know that stuff you know whether it's ukrainian players or russian players or really anybody else like leave that leave that out of it let's talk about the game we're we're, we're, we're here for the game let's talk about that all right well yeah, like I said, I mean, it's there's there's a compelling argument for both sides. I, it would be different if it was a different situation, but I think context is extremely important. Um, yeah, I think context context is is extremely important when it comes to to talking about this. Um, but mm-hmm. speaking about context, uh, one of our other topics that we're uh, transitioning into right now is um quarterbacks in the 2022 draft um and i really wanted i really wanted to talk about because i saw um i i saw obviously the the nfl or the combine is ongoing in indianapolis right now and we're going to have an associated topic with that but um you know i saw some videos of of malik willis today um 
circulating online and there was a lot of talk of him, you know, Kenny Pickett, some name, uh, you know, the two biggest names that I think are coming out of, out of this draft. Um, but I really wanted to talk about, you know, I mean, we can talk about this, this topic in a couple of different ways. Uh, I don't necessarily want to sit here and be like, Oh, I think this quarterback's going to go to this team. This quarterback's going to go to this team, but I'll start it off by, by saying the, the video that I saw of Malik Willis today is, you know, outside of his draft interviews and being questioned by the media and just his talent. Um, there was a video of him helping. There was like a homeless uh, individual or, you know, somebody outside performing um, outside of, of where the, the combines being held and they had spilled something and, and uh, Malik had stopped to like help them pick it up. And, uh, and this, this is, you know, one of those situations of, of doing the right thing, even though nobody's is paying attention or nobody's looking. And uh, I know the top two teams that he's kind of been tied to have been Pittsburgh, who is looking for a, a new quarterback and Washington. And I put this on Twitter today when we're recording this on Thursday. And obviously this episode will be out on, on Saturday, but I said, um, both of those organizations would be amazing destinations for him to go because one Pittsburgh, that's already the culture who he is as a person and as a leader um, just by all of the conversations. And then the video that um, was posted online today and made its rounds. Malik is the type of person that would fit into the culture that, that coach Tomlin has built in Pittsburgh. But I also think, he would be the guy, the type of leader that you would want to bring into Washington to help turn that culture around. So if he goes to either one of those teams, especially with, with Coach Rivera um, in Washington, I think it would be a perfect situation for him no matter where he goes because uh, I think both of those teams – I mean, there's, there's pros and cons on all teams, but those are some really good teams uh, that he would end up on with you know just talent-wise, coaching-wise, front office-wise. So uh, I wanted to get your, your take on that, and then we can kind of branch out and talk about, uh, you know, the rankings or, or anything like that. You are muted, by the way. So uh, Malik Wills, he's an interesting prospect to me, uh, mainly because of the small school status. Um, but, you know, Josh, I guess technically was a, Josh, a small school guy, as was, you know, Carson Wentz, who everybody says sucks now. Um, but there have been some small school guys who who really make a name for themselves, like Tony Romo. Um, he seems to be a character guy. I like him. Uh, the real hot thing today was really the Kenny Pickett hand size thing, the historically small hands. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's funny to me, but, you know, like it's like Russell Wilson's got like 10 and a half inch hands and like his were bigger than Andrew Lux or something like that. It's like, wow, Jesus. Like he's only like 5'11". He's got hands bigger yeah. than, than one of the biggest quarterbacks to come out you know recent years but you know the 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 quarterback class this year is kind of underwhelming it, it is i don't see any of them going number one overall unless somebody wants to jump and get the pick from the jags uh which the first overall pick this year might not be that expensive because there's not going to be that much of a market for it right you know, and there's so many defensive players that you can go out there and get if you really want one and the jags need it all so yeah i'm, I'm not and- sure so, and so I saw this too, obviously, like we said, combine is ongoing. The conversations were like, oh, this year's draft is so good. This year's draft is so good. It's so deep. And I'm like, it's deep everywhere, but quarterback, it's not a good quarterback year at all. Uh, you were just talking about the rankings. The first quarterback, according to CBS uh, or CBS NFL is Matt Coral um, at 20, followed by Malik Willis at 21, Kenny Pickett at 22. The next quarterback they're projecting wouldn't be taken off the board until Sam Howell at 48. So 20 picks later, followed by Desmond Ritter at 55, Carson Strong at 57, and and Bailey Zapp at uh, 161. So there's only a handful uh, of quarterbacks in the first place. A, B, it's not that deep of a class talent-wise because you're really only looking at maybe three being taken in the first round maybe yeah so if if that but i'd say three is fair 
And those top three get interchanged all the time, from what I hear. Uh, Pickett, Coral, and Howell. Well, I was going to say, uh, I haven't heard it. I I was going to say, I haven't heard anything about Matt Coral. I like, I only hear about Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett. Like, that's it. So I I heard quite a bit about Coral, actually. And I've I've heard more about Malik Wills and, uh, or Willis and uh, freaking Kenny Pickett. And I've even heard probably more about Sam Howell. But I have heard some things about Coral being kind of a sleeper pick, almost like a, you know how Jordan Love got picked up by the Packers that one year. Right. Like he, no one really saw it coming, but it happened. And it was like, oh, snap, okay, that happened. Don't be surprised if Coral sneaks up, you know, some draft boards and, and gets taken early. Uh, not early, early, like, you know, top 15. So I don't think any of these quarterbacks are really worth the top 15 pick. You might see some teams trade back for one, but it is quarterback, so some teams might trade up. Also, the free agent market of quarterbacks this year, you know, you can get a solid veteran and wait a year if you really wanted to because well, it, it is what it is. Like there's you – you have your Fitzpatricks out there who, who are available. You've got your Jameis Winstons out there. You've got, you've got players out there who are there to be had if you want a veteran stopgap. And I know we're going to talk about one here in a little bit, but uh, – Yeah, I was going to say. There's a – you know, the draft class being so weak makes those veteran quarterbacks more valuable. Right. Well, so that's 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 a perfect segue, man, into the other topic of conversation, which is around the fact that Mitchell Trubisky, uh, the only quarterback to take the Matt Nagy offense to a playoff berth uh, to two of them uh, to then, you know, come to Buffalo, be the backup, beat up on Chicago in the preseason. Um, He's the hottest free agent quarterback name that's out there right now. And, and you named off a couple of others um, like Jameis Winston, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Mm-hmm. There are, there are names out there that are like legitimate quarterback names. Teddy Bridgewater. Have, Teddy Bridgewater. Then you have Mitchell Trubisky who is kind of now being lauded over. And I'm, I, so my first question is, do you think that he would be lauded over like this as like, and treated as such a uh, quote unquote hot commodity if the quarterback class this year looked like, let's say, like Josh Allen's draft year? I think he would be because there's still a bunch of teams that need starting quarterbacks. Right. I mean, you, you have the Saints. You have the freaking uh, the Giants who may be in, in need of one. You've got the Steelers who just had their quarterback retire. You've got the Buccaneers now with Tom Brady retired. You've got a lot of teams out there who really need quarterback. The, the, the Cardinals might be looking for one with that whole situation going down. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there are teams out there who are really QB needy. Uh, the Niners, because Jimmy Garoppolo is having shoulder surgery. They may need to get another guy in there with Trey Lance because if Jimmy can't be there and you know they can't trade him, then what? You, you still need a backup. Right. Uh, you know We're looking for a backup. There, there's teams out here that, that really still are looking for that guy. And you know, Washington football team. There's another one. Like there, there are teams out here yeah. looking for somebody. Uh, maybe they decide to go with uh, Henneke. I don't know. That's not my business. But uh, the the Broncos, another one. There's, there's at least six or seven teams. Yeah. So if you got three or four good quarterbacks coming out of this draft class, like you do most years, you know the Bills uh, with Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson coming out that year, and uh, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold. You had five guys there, but you still have two more teams that need Q- QBs. Right. So, yeah, I think he'd still be lauded over. It'd just be, well, we don't have a top five pick. We're picking 32nd, and Tom Brady just retired. So now, and they're not picking 32nd, but you know what I mean? Like, right. Like 28th. They're not trading for 28th to one. Yeah. Unless you're trading Tom Brady. Yeah. Well, which, um, He's well, a tyrant, so, so that's so that so that, that's I'm um, this is, again. This is why I like doing this with you because every time I have a thought, we come on here and then you you steal my thunder, but you say exactly what I'm thinking. Tampa Bay is a team that is not being talked about at all when it comes to free agent quarterback. And I had, I uh, sat down and two weeks ago did an episode with uh, Jay Spence from Buffalo Rumblings, and I Hello, I asked him, we yes sir. Um, or to God, right? Jay Spence to God? No, Jay Spence the King. I thought so. 
Um, and I, I asked him, I said, you know, do you think Kyle Trask is a legitimate viable option? I mean, they took him at, I want to say the beginning of the second, I don't think it was, it was either the end of the first or the beginning of the second. Uh, but I said, you know, he's, we haven't really heard much or seen much from him. Obviously he was sitting behind Tom Brady, but you know, what do you think about Kyle Trask? And then I saw it today. Bruce Arians said that their options at quarterback are one Kyle Trask and two a trade that they make this year. But I was like, why don't you just go sign Mitch Trubisky? Go play him. He's been, you know, took took Matt Nagy's offense twice to the playoffs, like you had pointed out, and then sat behind Josh yards. Allen. He threw for yeah. three, over three thousand yards twice. Yeah, and he also had more than twenty touchdowns twice. So, and he's he's a he's a great quarterback. He's I don't know about great, but he's definitely he's definitely better than Matt Nagy's system. Yes, that that oh, system yeah. was trash for sure. Um, like, after you know, after watching Trubisky play there, a lot of people were like, "Well, he's bad. It's on him." And I'm like, "I'm not so sure it's on him." Well, I want to add one more team to that conversation because you you had pointed out so many. I think so. I think one. I think Pittsburgh is is a is a top contender. I think he would work beautifully in Pittsburgh. He's more similar to the system that they've been running with Ben um, because he's not, I mean, he's athletic, but he's not like Josh Allen athletic, right? He's not hurdling players. He's not as fast as Josh, uh, but he can still move. So he is kind of like big Ben. And I think if you go back to his, his draft comps, I think a lot of people had him comped to, to um, Ben Roethlisberger. So I think he would be an absolute perfect fit in Pittsburgh. Uh, I think that he would be a no-brainer in Tampa. I think that he would be a good option in Washington. But the Indianapolis Colts are looking to move on from Carson Wentz. And why not Mitch Trubisky? You are muted. Yeah, I don't know how you did that one. Either, because I wasn't even in the – okay. Uh, but, yeah, no, uh, actually, Mitch Trubisky runs a faster 40 than Josh. Does he really? Yeah, Josh is a four seven five, and Mitch is a four six seven. But he's one of he's one of those where he runs and he looks slow, but he's not. That's Josh. Yeah. Well, or Josh looks fast, but he's just not as fast as he looks. Yeah. He looks well, so, like he's going, and then. Well, so I, I I wanted to so I just wanted to add Indianapolis into that conversation. Uh, I think that system fits him perfect. Honestly, yeah. I think Frank Reich is a is a guru. He made he Carson Wentz wasn't great this year. But he was definitely better than he'd been for Philadelphia without Frank Reich. Oh yeah, he was definitely better this year. Like his his QB uh, his touchdown to interception ratio was crazy. It was like sixteen to one before he threw, you know, any more interceptions. It was yeah. it was it was pretty crazy how how his how his rate was going. Yeah, and he did it looking bad, but his numbers weren't bad. Trubisky, you know, Trubisky, I think in ways made Matt Nagy's system look good. There were games where he won with his legs. Yeah. Because like just Matt Nagy just piss poor planning, I guess. So uh and that guy won coach of the year over McDermott. I, that that's that still irritates the hell out of me. Like this damn Welcome bum to the NFL. This damn bum won coach of the year. McDermott got, you know, shellacked twice for it. Should have got it last year too. But they gave it to Stefanski. Look what the Browns are doing now. Cool story. But yeah. That's just me being a little bitter, but I think Trubisky wasn't the problem there. And I got oh, I got yeah. that in my head this preseason when I actually watched them throw in a system that was built for throwing. Yeah. And the Bears didn't exactly have a great running back. Like they didn't they didn't have a compliment to him. But if he goes to the Colts, they have Jonathan Taylor. Oh yeah. And then they have Michael Pittman Jr., they have Doyle at tight end, and they have T. Y. Hilton if he can get healthy. And they could pick up Trubisky without spending any draft picks and use their first round pick. Well, no, they can't because they traded that for freaking this douchebag. They could use their second round pick, get another, get another receiver in there. Yeah. And maybe move on from Carson Wentz, trade him away, do something, keep him as a backup. I don't know, but get him the hell out of here. Maybe send him to Bruce Arians. Maybe Bruce Arians can do some of them. I don't know. Maybe. He's a gunslinger, and Bruce Arians likes gunslingers, which is why Brady kind of pretty much ran that offense himself. Yeah. Well, Carson Wentz also has injury, like major injury concerns with his feet and his ankles. I mean, like Sammy Watkins at the quarterback position type injury concerns with his feet and his nice. ankles. Yeah. 
um, that man a boot. But yeah, so I, I would say I would say Pittsburgh and Indy would be would be my one and two. I would still put Pittsburgh over Indy for for me. Um, Denver. See, I don't know. I mean, it's entirely possible just because Denver hasn't been in the conversations for for Mitch Trubisky. Like he could strong run game, good defense. Oh yeah, decent offensive line. I'm not saying it doesn't make sense. I'm not saying it doesn't make sense. I'm just saying it's it's one of those like they haven't been in the conversation. Like like Pittsburgh and yeah, I think Pittsburgh's like been leading the conversation. But he could very well go to a place like Denver that has not been mentioned once. Because yeah, I mean, how often does a sleeper, how often does a sleeper uh, situation show up? And then all of a sudden, Every well, time. we thought he was going to Buffalo, but JJ Watt's going to Arizona. Yeah, right. Like, oh shoot, that happens. I mean, the, the yeah. media thought that JJ Watt was coming to Buffalo. I thought it was coming to Buffalo. Zach Ertz. Nope, nope. Remember when Zach Ertz was a Buffalo Bill? Yep, for like half the year, and then all of a sudden, nope, Arizona. I'm like, goddamn, these guys are just taking everybody want. Yeah, right. and then lose the first round of playoffs. Eat it. How about that? Yeah. Uh, and now you might not even have a quarterback anymore, but that's not the point. I have no horrible Arizona outside of that. Um, yeah. But you you look at the breakdown of things, and Trubisky would fit with the with the Broncos. They have receivers: Cortland Sutton, uh, Ceedee Lamb. They've got Noah Fan at tight end. They're pretty AJ good running the ball. Yep, Hamler. I, I, he was the one I was forgetting. I knew there was one I was forgetting. Ooh. Noah so Fan gotta- at tight end. I got to tell and you, then, when I when I started watching film, because I only started watching film a couple of years ago, yeah. and uh, it was it was my buddy Josiah. He's big Steelers fan. I had him on for an uh, and I did an episode with him earlier this year, uh, I think during the playoffs. And he goes, "Dude, I got to show you this guy." And I'm like, "All right." And um, it was KJ Hamler's tape, and I was like, I was blown away. I'm like, yeah. "This dude is crazy." Mm-hmm. This dude is crazy. And then there's uh just oh man, who is Pittsburgh drafted an offensive lineman? And I can't remember his name right now. Maybe I can look it up. I can look it up. Okay. Talk about Handler. Yeah. So he yeah, so he showed me, he showed me Handlers. And I mean, he's he's not a tall guy um by any means but he is fast man i mean you want to talk about i mean a lot of people have been talking about isaiah mckenzie and buffalo the regime that's in denver now is using hamler like they should have been using uh mckenzie yeah a hundred percent uh he's you know small but he's fast and he's he's gonna catch damn near all those balls now that i'm thinking about it the player i'm talking about may not even be on the offensive line they drafted him this past year um either this past year or the year before alex highsmith linebacker i don't know why Uh, i thought he was on the offensive line the word the word line isn't in the name so maybe it just true So, so this, so this was my return story, right? My friend showed me KJ Hamler. And at that time, obviously when Hamler was drafted, Buffalo was looking for, all right. Like we had, we didn't have digs yet. Like we were looking for, for fast wide receiver talent. Um, I was very hopeful that we would get KJ Hamler in Buffalo. Obviously now 2020 hindsight, we don't, we know that he's not here. Um, But when we were looking for linebackers, I found Alex Highsmith. And I went, oh, dude. And so, you know, we were just sitting there and this is, this was during my like free agency period when I, you know, when I was between brands, I wasn't doing sports content creation. So I wasn't doing podcasts about anything. We were just watching film, uh, a Bills fan and a, and a Steelers fan. And I, I, thank you. And um, <laughs> it not nerdy to the level of like cover one nerdy. And I say, or, it like, with all due, or like you, but like all due respect, like all due respect to cover one, like they, I can sit here. I can watch maybe like, like 10 or 15 people on tape. Like I could never do like a whole season or anything like, or like not like a whole season. I couldn't do like a whole season of like 30 players. They're about their tape, man. They're about their tape. Yeah, it is. It is insanity. But I saw, I found Alex Highsmith and uh, I watched his tape and I went, oh man, like Buffalo could use this guy at linebacker. Like I was really high on Alex Highsmith and I, and we know now Highsmith was on Buffalo's board, uh, but then Pittsburgh drafted him. 
Believe it or not, uh, a couple years ago, I was actually pretty high on Sione Takitaki. Yeah. I was actually pretty high on him in BYU. I watched him at the Combine, and his numbers at the Combine didn't blow me away, but just the way he he seemed to go through the drills, like, this is nothing. Yeah. But he, he just seemed so comfortable moving. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's that's a good sign. Like, he's not the fastest. He's not the... Best three-cone drill. I'd say he's an early fourth-round pick, maybe a late third-round pick. We could pick a linebacker there and be our third guy. And then in the mid-third round, I think it was, the Browns took him, and I was like, yeah. I I swore he was going in the fourth round, and I was like, we can get him, we can get him. And we didn't get him, and I was like, okay. yeah. But I do like him with the way the Browns use him. They use him as as their third linebacker, and then they also use him on special teams. And he's a murderer on special teams. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah, he's I can't pronounce his name, but I know who he is. Taki Taki, uh, it's easy. It's like Takis with no S's. Uh, okay, so Taki Taki. Um, yep. But yeah, so I I I had had my roommate right because we what we did was we would have each other like we would pick a player and go like all right we're gonna watch this tape now, um, and I had shown him Alex Highsmith and he was like oh, I hope that you guys get him because at that time we needed you know. At that time, I don't think we had when Highsmith was drafted. Did we have Josh? If we did, it was like Josh's first year. So it was like uh, very early on. I know we didn't have AJ Klein yet. And then if we didn't have Josh, then we didn't have Edmonds yet either. That's what that's so. what I'm thinking. If we didn't, if it was if we didn't have Josh yet, we wouldn't have had Edmonds. So um we, we, I mean like it might have been Milano that year. It might have been like that that year that we had drafted Josh. So, so what's, um, his last, what's his last name? His first name? Alex Highsmith. Uh, no, Highsmith, I, I know because my, my kids had a okay. teacher named Highsmith. Alex. Uh, their teacher actually played in the NFL. No way. Yeah, Eric Highsmith, I believe his name was. He, he was a wide receiver. Nice. Played for the Vikings. Uh, they might be related, actually, because they're both from Wilmington, North Carolina. Oh, uh, but Alex Highsmith, uh, linebacker for the Steelers, drafted in – he's 24, so he could be drafted anywhere in the last five years. Where was he drafted? ESPN. ESPN doesn't tell me nothing. Wikipedia. Wikipedia. That's the one right there on the right. That's what you want. So she said. Um, round three of the 2020 draft. So oh, yeah. last year so, was his. Not not this year that just passed, but the year before that was his first year. Yeah. So Edmonds has already, had already had three years in the NFL when he was. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, four, so I, I still, years. yeah, so I, I still, um, yeah, I couldn't remember when it was, but I still had really wanted him for Buffalo. And so, like I said, we were taking turns going back and forth and he was like, yeah, he's really good. And then Pittsburgh drafted him. So then of course he laughs at me. Right. Cause he's like, haha, I got the guy that you wanted. Uh, and then this year when they had moved on from, it's not Stefan to it, is it? No, he's still on the team. I think they, yeah, they had moved on from, um, uh, their big linebacker name. Uh, big linebacker. Yeah, they moved. What was that? Vince Williams. No, they just moved on from. Uh, I'm never gonna remember the name or be able to look it up. It, but was, they, it wasn't Shazier because Shazier got hurt a few years back. No, yeah, no, it wasn't Shazier, but they had just moved on from Bud Dupree. Damn, Bud Dupree, God, there oh, we the go. outside linebacker, pass rusher. Yeah, so they had just moved on from Bud Dupree, and so Highsmith stepped up. And, uh, and the entire season, uh, my friends texted me, he's like, this dude's a beast. Like, he's amazing. Like, I'm so happy that you showed me his tape. I'm like, I know dude. So that's my, that's my submission for like, you know, being a guest on cover one is I got one, one pick right, uh, that I analyzed right so far. Um, I'm like one for However money, uh, however many it's, it's not been good. I was upset Money's that we drafted too. Trey white. Like I was upset that we got Josh Allen. I was upset at, at so many things and I've been wrong every time except for on Alex Highsmith. But speaking of players uh, where people were wrong, I want to talk about Cincinnati. So Cincinnati oh. made it to the Super Bowl. Uh, it was a close game. It was a very good game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted, you know, I, I wanted to talk about Cincinnati as, uh, are they an AFC team to beat? Uh, I know we've all had that discussion. 
this season. And I know you and I have talked about like, who are the big AFC teams now? Like we've, we've seen so many come out uh, Cincinnati being one of them. We talked about Indianapolis a couple years ago, uh, the chargers with Herbert. It was so, so we, we were talking about this, but I mean, Cincinnati made, not only made the playoffs, but made it to the Super Bowl and almost beat the Rams uh, at any yeah. given point in that game. And I know I, I wanted to bring this up and get your take on it, as well as those of you that are going to be in the comments watching this. What? Because they've been talking about it during the combine week as like people are like laughing at the fact that Cincinnati isn't the team to beat in the AFC. Mm the way that I see it is they're the AFC team that beat out everybody else and got to the Super Bowl. They would be the team to beat. Except us. They didn't see us, you know, they, 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 know. they beat, they, they beat Casey. They beat him twice, you know, and yeah, that's, that's that we didn't beat Casey twice, but I, I would say that Cincinnati is a AFC team to be, team to be. So the yeah. answer to the question is yes. They are the, the AFC North team to beat. Any of the four division champions um, on, in you know most years for the AFC are viable Super Bowl contenders. This year it was the Bills, the Titans, the, the Bengals, and the Chiefs. And the least of the four went to the Super Bowl, the fourth seed. They beat the Titans, who were number one. They beat the Chiefs, who were number two. And then they lost to the Rams, who were like the fourth seed in the a NFC. So, yeah, they're they're they're... They're definitely one of the four teams I'd say to beat, which is Buffalo, Tennessee, uh, Cincinnati, and Kansas City. Uh, they're, they're, somebody else has to emerge for me. People said the the the, uh, the Chargers before, and you know that's before their current coach. And you know I'm not convinced yet. Like their coaching was solid this year; it was an improvement, but they still didn't make the playoffs. It was solid up until those last literal three seconds of the Chargers Raiders game when they were going to kneel it out and both make the playoffs and they decided to take a timeout. Even still, um, think of it this way they should have just beat them. Oh, yeah. They just beat them. But you let a team in turmoil all season from wide receivers running into other vehicles doing 140 miles an hour while drunk to head coaches being released due to insensitive social tweets and emails and stuff like that to people getting arrested and, and getting kicked on the team for threatening people with gun violence online. And like that team was a foster cluck. It was a total foster cluck and they beat you to get into the playoffs. Yeah. With a backup head coach who is now he's now the Green Bay coach. special, he's the Green Bay special teams coordinator. Is he okay? Special teams coordinator now, yeah, in Green Bay. To me, in my opinion, that guy could have been coach of the year, honestly. I he, had him, the I Raiders had were him, not supposed to do anything, and they did. I had him as like a head coaching candidate. I thought that I thought that he would just get hired full time yeah. in. Uh, Vegas, he didn't, and I was like, "Oh, absolutely, bring him in as a head coach in Canada elsewhere." He wasn't talked about as a, his name is Rich Bisaccia, not yeah. brought in as a head coach in Canada anywhere. And he's he's interesting because he actually, if you look at his resume, you know, a lot of guys are like just offensive guys, defensive guys, special teams guys, um, and then obviously like position coaches. He has defense and special teams, and I think he did a couple of offensive runs as well. Uh, is like a, is like not like an offensive coordinator, like but a positions coach. Yeah, like a positions coach. Um, I think he was like a passing game coordinator or run game. So like he's had a little bit of everything. And as as the the open positions got chipped away, I'm like, wow, dude, I love. And then hearing about what he did after the fact, who he is as a person, the character wise, he hand letters wrote, to every player. He hand yeah hand wrote 53 notes to the active roster. I know he did it with uh, some of the coaching staff as well. I'm like, dude, get this guy in Buffalo, whatever it takes. And then obviously we moved on from a couple of people, but he was special so versatile. He could have been in special teams. He could have been on defense. Uh, and I, I think the fact that he, who he is and what he's able to do with the team, the fact that he's in Green Bay where they really needed special teams help this past year, I think that's a that's great news for Green Bay fans uh, as well. But I was really upset that he didn't not only – 
that Buffalo, our team, didn't get to steal him because there were a couple guys I wanted us to steal this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that he didn't even get like a head coach, like there wasn't a consideration in Vegas at all. It was no, you're you're done, and didn't get consideration elsewhere. Um, that's that's asinine to me. Yeah, I was pretty upset yeah. with that. I was I was that upset with it that um i again referencing the conversation i had with jay spence a couple weeks ago in our our last episode uh i brought that up as a topic and because at that time with the episode with jay spence we were talking about um the brian flores stuff and rich Bisaccia, who i misunderstandingly uh thought was uh african-american is not he's actually native american and italian so, apparently with a name like Bisaccia. Yeah, but he is he is um, he is a majority Native American, so he would still be a minority uh, head coaching candidate mm-hmm. uh, that nobody looked at. I was like, man, this this pisses me off. Like he's he's bona fide. You know what I mean? Like that you can't sit there and say like everything that you just said about Vegas this last year, and then look what he did to get that team to where they were into the playoffs and I'm almost like, won a playoff game. They and almost. almost. You know, they were they were a bad referee call to you know, or a referee mistake and like a Derek Carr mistake away from winning the playoff game, yeah, and unassing the eventually a- AFC champions. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. It, yeah. I don't I don't know how you don't hire that guy. I don't have I don't know how and nobody hires that guy. I don't. You know I don't get a lot of things, so I just let it I just let it ride. Yeah, it is what it is. I mean, no, I mean. <laughs> I don't know, special teams coordinator, because there's offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. Like special teams coordinator feels like a when you look at all three of the coordinator positions, it feels like a downgrade and it kind of is, but it really isn't. But I have a name for you. But for what was that? I have a name for you. What? Don Harbaugh. Yeah. Special teams coordinator for the Eagles, I believe it was. Got hired by the Ravens. Has a Super Bowl ring is one of the better coaches in the NFL. Yeah. But it's just, it, well, I'm, yeah, it's just, it feels like a, a downgrade. It does. Of It feels like the least of the three coordinator positions, but it feels like it's a definite downgrade for him. Yeah. You know, he was just sure. the head coach of a playoff team. Yeah. And now that he's... had, that had everything that you just said, threatening gun violence, crashing into vehicles at 140 miles an hour, the email scandals. Everything, just, and he was yeah, like, "All right, like, well, we're gonna go to the playoffs." Look, dude, that, that was that was the 2016 election happened to his team in a year. Yeah, it, and he's not even a year in, in in the span of like like eight weeks. Yeah, like eight to ten weeks. He had like a a year and a half worth of of events that happened, and then he took mm-hmm. him to the playoffs. And then he still he still got those men ready to play. And those oh, yeah. men played well for him. They had 10 yeah. wins, didn't they? Didn't they finish with 10 wins? Like, I think so. I'm pretty sure it was 10 because the Steelers had nine, I think, or unless they were like eight, seven, and one or something like that. The Raiders. Raiders uh, it's not telling me what they ended the season with. Doesn't matter. They still won enough games to make the playoffs, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah I, think, I think that's tragic. Oh yeah. All right. Moving on to happier topics before we get to um, this cool fact that I have at the end, which I'm hoping you didn't see. I alluded to it on uh, Twitter. So I'm hoping you didn't see my tweet prior to this. Um, You're muted. I need you to know the name of this episode is going to be muted. Okay, cool. (laughs) Is he muted? But yeah, so I, I don't know if you saw my tweet that references this. I didn't. Okay, cool. Because all right, so I I have a cool story that goes along with this last one. Look now, though. No, don't look now. Don't look now. Don't look now. Um, but the last conversation piece before we get into that is uh, a conversation that's been circulating online. It relates back to Buffalo and the dome for the new stadium or the seal, you know, the retractable roof. But uh, people were talking about how Indianapolis, which has a retractable roof is a, is a site for the combine and how much money they get and blah, blah, blah. And um, I know one of the really big important parts of, of why Indianapolis is the site for the combine is because it's centrally located uh, mm-hmm. for 
or the most centrally located for all the NFL teams, but also all of the prospects that are coming in. Uh, but the discussion, that, the discussion that was happening was, could Buffalo, with a similar setup, and obviously there are some other context is important, so, so there are some other things that would have to come into play. Could Buffalo become a site for large events like Indianapolis if they had either a dome or a, um, or a retractable roof? I might have seen this tweet. But uh, I think, yeah, I think it could, but um, I, don't, I don't know if it would. For stuff like the Combine, sure, that, that's kind of a large event, but it's not a large event in the scale of, like, the draft, where you're going to have, you know, thousands and thousands of people come from other towns to, you know, that city. You know, people, some people go to the Combine, but it's mostly for teams and players. Yeah. It's, not really, it's not really a fan event. There's not people in the stands like, yeah, man, run that 40. There's not, they don't, you don't have that. Yeah, like it's, it's track and field event for football players. That's what it is. Uh, whereas the draft, you know, the, the, the NFL wants a huge crowd. And I don't think Buffalo has the infrastructure for that quite yet. But if you built the stadium and, and were to build the infrastructure a little, a little better in Buffalo, that, that could be. Um, but definitely, definitely, definitely like a combine or something along those lines. Yeah. Well, that was the other part of the conversation was, um, you know, like the Super Bowl, like having the retractable roof or the dome would put us better in contention for hosting a Super Bowl at some point, but also like Buffalo and Orchard Park would need to get over this whole, we're like a Rust Belt town and city, like we're going to hold on to that identity and like be okay with forward moving progress yeah, and have building the hotels and building the mixed use. Like, it's not like we don't have an airport and major transportation hubs that, that can't yeah. handle uh, that can't handle that. You just need the mixed use. You need the hotels to be built. And there's plenty of room to do it both in the city and outside of the city. Exactly. Yeah. And then there's also, there's also technically two international airports within 80 miles of each other. You have Rochester yeah. international airport, you have Buffalo Inter international airport. Granted, Buffalo's is definitely bigger, but if you need to fly into Rochester, it's, it's an hour drive. Not even that. Buffalo. You, you also have the airport in Niagara falls, which is attached to the air force base. So you have three, you Three, yeah, three huge airports. Not not huge, but three large enough airports to support that type of capacity for people. And then don't also have, forget the untapped Canadian market that you would get if you hosted an event like the Super Bowl in Buffalo. Yeah, eh? all that international travel be great. Yeah, eh? you heard of the name Canada, right? You heard that what joke was that? Before? You heard the joke about how they name Canada? No. They they threw a bunch of letters in the hat. And the first guy goes and picks the letter out. He's like, I got a C, A. And the next guy goes and picks the letter. He's like, I got an N, A. Another guy uh, goes and <laughs> I got a D, A. I got a D, A, and then Canada. That would be hilarious if that's how they named it. Maybe it would be, but yeah, it's a lumberjack way. <laughs> I, will, I will never forget the time that you learned the word Canuck, though, on this show. Ah, uh, yes, because I thought it was a dirty word. And I was like, that's a team name, though. I... I, I often think I'm not gonna lie. I often think about that moment uh, when you found out, cause then you didn't like, we didn't continue to talk about it on air. You just texted me and you were like sending me the link to the Wikipedia and you're like, Oh my God. And it was, uh, it was, I thought it was funny. It was funny, but it was like, uh, it's, I made it, I made a comparison and I was like, it's not quite that, but it's kind of close. Yeah. Yeah, that's I, I often I don't know why, but I often think about that moment. Um, I, I couldn't even like find the episode. I could I could not remember the episode that it is to let the people know. But no, I, I think that Buffalo has the potential to become that. A place like Indianapolis, which is not a major U.S. city, it's kind of a medium sized city. Uh, that can host these major events. Like Buffalo has hosted the NHL Combine and the NHL Draft before, mm -hmm. well, as as well, recently as within the last decade or so. Well, Buffalo Buffalo's kind of shrank a little bit, hasn't it? In you know the last 10, 20 years. Uh, population wise, uh, it has shrank uh, so, for sure. And a correlation here, I'm going to make that probably doesn't make any sense, but the Bills have also sucked for the last ten or twenty years, right? Yes, until until recently. Somebody told me one time, like the, the, the Bills are Buffalo. Like if the Bills left, it would be catastrophic for Buffalo. Like 
like not just because fans would be having their feelings hurt, but because of the revenue that they bring. So when you have good bills, you know, generally, Buffalo uh, is a brighter city, I guess. Now, I don't think that there's an actual, you know, heavy correlation to that, but could be like, you know, the NFL sees the bills playing well. They invest more money in Buffalo. Buffalo becomes bigger. You know, you, you have more money floating around this place because of the success of the bills. And that's a possible thing, but you never know. They, they may want to invest more in that brand with Josh Allen attached to it. Yeah. I mean, so what else, what I'll say to that is I, I, I'm not saying that you're wrong, but I will say that I think it comes down to a sports team being good because in the years where the bills sucked, um, I will tell you a hundred percent that hockey was more popular of a sport in that in during the drought, uh, yeah. because the Sabres were good. Like we were making playoffs. Um, it went was to, more to popular. Too, didn't you? What was that? Didn't they go to the championship game too? They lost to like Ottawa, I think to go to the Stanley cup finals. Oh yeah. No, there were time. There were definitely times, uh, from the end of the nineties up until, their last playoff appearance in 20, the, the last playoff appearance in 2011 was, was nothing. Um, I had stopped paying attention to the Sabres uh, in after like the, the end of the 2000, just like just before 2010, I think it was like the 06, 07 or 07, 08 playoff series, um, which was like, that was it. Like that was pretty much the end of the road for that team. Uh, that it had sustained success for almost over a decade uh, in making the playoffs. But, yeah, I mean, they had made the finals. Uh, obviously, the no goal, they were robbed uh, in Dallas. But they had beaten good teams, like good Ottawa teams and good um, good Philadelphia teams, lost to good Dallas teams and good Carolina teams uh, to, to not get a championship. But they were good, you know, and, and hockey was 100% more loved and represented in the city than the bills were not to say that it's the same. I mean, the stadium was, was still largely packed and people were going out and having a good time. Whereas now, I mean, I've been to multiple games this season, uh, hockey games. I have at least two more Sabres games I'm going to. And Mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot more people than there are than are shown in a lot of the pictures on social media for sure. Mm-hmm. But it's not a lot. I mean, if you look at the videos of like during those playoff runs and during those years, I mean, it's packed. It looks like people would spill, like would break through the glass and spill over. Like that's how packed it feels. Now you can, I can have almost an entire section between me and the next person if I really wanted to. Like there, there's not that many people that are there, or I can have rows. Um, ten seats between me and, and somebody else. So, um, but yeah, like I said, I mean, Buffalo has hosted, I think we hosted the NHL combine two or three years in a row. Uh, we had the NHL draft here a couple of years ago, uh, as well. So, I mean, we've done it at the NHL level. It's, it's crazy to me that we wouldn't be able to do it at the NFL level if we had similar infrastructure in Orchard Park around where we're at but um speaking of hockey uh the last little tidbit here before we go i'm hoping did you look up the tweet no all right good so ryan reeves is uh an nhl player i believe he still plays for san jose i probably should have looked this up prior you didn't text me you didn't text me this list so the lone ranger the Lone Ranger. So Ryan Reeves, he no longer plays, um, or he never did. Uh, I don't know why I thought he played for San Jose, but Ryan Reeves uh, is a right winger for the New York Rangers, and uh, he's previously played for St. Louis, Pittsburgh, and Vegas. Uh, he is also the son of former Canadian Football League's Most Outstanding Player Award uh, recipient, Willard Reeves. Um, but he is also... And when I texted this to you, like you said, um, Ryan Reeves' Lone Ranger family tree. 
Uh, he is. The, I had no idea what you meant by that. I was like, yep, not, not messed with it. He is the great, great, great grandson of Bass Reeves. Do you know who Bass Reeves is? I'm guessing the Lone Ranger. Bass Reeves is the in, it was the inspiration for the Lone Ranger. Um, oh. But he is also the he was also the first uh, black deputy U.S. marshal in the United States west of the Mississippi. I have seen this guy's face before uh, because I, I watched uh, biographics uh, okay. on him on YouTube. OK, so there was um, what was the first name again? Bass Reeves. Bass Reeves. So Bass Reeves, uh, he. I'm trying to remember the video, but it was it was the Biographics channel on YouTube. They covered him. So if anybody wants to watch it, you know, check that out. But Simon Whistler's charming. Okay, I didn't know that they had done that. Uh, they had done a Biographics episode. I catch, I watch Biographics um, mm -hmm. from time to time, but I didn't know that they did an episode on him. He is he is credited with over three thousand arrests, and of those three thousand, uh, or uh, you know, with the three thousand arrests. He was only credited with, um, or he only had to to shoot and kill fourteen individuals uh, in self defense. But otherwise, he had over three thousand successful arrests as the first black uh, U.S. deputy marshal in the United States west of the Mississippi, and we're talking like immediately post slavery in the United States. Yeah, and he was a lawman and a badass at that. Yeah. And I mean, like we're talking, he, I, I want to say it was the Arkansas and Oklahoma territories at the time. Like I'm going to send you the, uh, the link for that, for that video. You can post it in the description you. of the video that you want, you know, in case. Okay. No, that would be awesome. Thank you. Um, but yeah, he, um, and then I, so I was reading up on him because, um, you know, I'm a fan of the, the Taylor Sheridan shows, uh, Yellowstone in 1883. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, highly suggests the, both of those shows if you haven't seen them. But Taylor Sheridan's also coming out with uh, additional shows. And one of the shows is a show about Bass Reeves. Um, so, like we're, yeah, so we're going to be able to see that. Um, Sylvester Stallone is going to star in a show called The Tulsa King. Um, hey, you know about, what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Which is about uh, uh, mobsters in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, 1932, which is the third, which will be a third series in the Yellowstone series, is also going to come out. Mm -hmm. um then there's a, another show called lioness which is going to talk about or focus on the u.s's uh program that kind of blurred the lines between uh our intelligence uh, like our cia uh and uh military special forces and special operations so it's going to be a show about uh how the lioness program which is real kind of blurred those lines 1932 which i had mentioned bass reeves uh tulsa king and I want to say that there was one or two more. Um, but yeah, and then Bass Reeves was, uh, as we brought up, Bass Reeves is the inspiration for the Lone Ranger. Mm -hmm. So tenuous hockey connection is that his great, 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 great grandson plays in the NHL. Um, and his great, great grandson uh, was a CFL player as well. But, uh, you know, tracing the lineage back is... Bass Reeves, the Lone Ranger. So I thought that was a pretty interesting thing. What if you play for New York? What Rangers. was that? What if you play for the New York Rangers? Oh, that'd be good, right? Right? That'd be a perfect thing for now him. Now he plays for the New York Rangers. So, all right, man. Um, I don't know where he plays, but I'm saying, what if he did? Though? Oh, if like if Bass Reeves played? No, no. If no, not Bass. His his grandson, his great grandson. Yeah. No, he plays for the New York Rangers. Oh, he does play for the New York Rangers. Yeah. That is, I don't know if TV played for you. Just mentioned him and he's in the NHL. And for some his, reason, I thought it was San Jose at first. I don't know why, and I apologize to the viewers for that. Um, but no, it is the New York Rangers. Ryan Reeves, the great grandson of the Lone Ranger. Great, 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 of the Lone Ranger plays for the New York Rangers. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So. All right, we will. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with next week's episode uh, because I'm still waiting on a couple of interviews to come through. I'm trying to pile them all up throughout the year. So um, when I know, you will all know. But thank you for tuning in uh, and watching another episode of the Ryan C Show here on the Built in Buffalo Network. Go ahead, like, subscribe, 
follow, favorite, share, retweet, share the link uh, for our YouTube. Um, if you're listening on the podcast network, thank you very much for listening. Uh, I'm so sorry that you didn't get to see my uh, my face today, but uh, you can catch this episode on YouTube or if you're on the go, you can catch the audio of the Ryan C show as well as all other built in Buffalo shows on the built in Buffalo podcast network. I am Ryan C here for a new week, a new episode with my man Izzy at TFP Recon on Twitter, and we will catch you guys next week. Go bills. Go bills.